Oh my gosh, is today a podcast show or what? Today is a show you don't want to miss a second of. We uh, we we kind of start with uh, the the Texas, the brave Texas state legislatures, um, and we we end in Cuba. Oh, and Peter Swizer, you don't want to miss this inf- interview. We started talking to him about the you know the the brilliant art uh, work that uh, Hunter Biden is doing. Brilliant. I mean, who wouldn't pay five hundred thousand dollars for that? Uh, and we got him to talk a little bit more than maybe he might have even been comfortable about the Hunter Biden laptop, which he is in possession of. Uh, wow, you don't want to miss that part of today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. That you need to do your own homework. Don't believe me or anything else other than an original source. You need context, you need clarity, uh, and you need all of the information. Tonight on Blaze TV, uh, there is rumors of more than one chalkboard. I hear all the time, I love your chalkboard. When's the chalkboard coming back? Well, tonight it's coming back. And it's coming back in a big way because there's a little story that we need to tell. Who were the people and the groups involved with coronavirus research? What really went down before and after the pandemic began? This story is, in its first part, negligence, and then a tale of cover-up. First, the negligence. The elites of the world, the people calling themselves the experts, the scientists that trusted, uh, that trusted the Chinese Communist Party with one of the most dangerous weapons we can imagine. A virus. They trusted them. We won't be assigning guilt. We just want you to know what's going on, who was involved and when. Because if proof of a lab leak does come out, I think everyone, everyone that was involved should be a name that you know. Whether they're Chinese, American, Republican or Democrat. Anyone that was involved. Second, the cover up. Currently, an attempt to control the narrative, to direct the story. Everyone from big tech, the media, the Chinese, even our own government have been involved. What lies behind the cover-up? Because that could reveal the dirty secret, in order to cut corners, the academic elites and government entrusted Chinese and the Communist Party with uh, a civilian and civilization-killing virus. Tonight, 9 p.m., do not miss it. Oh, the cover-up, I think, still continues. I'm sure I'm not allowed to even ask or draw these conclusions, uh, no matter what I say before. I'm sure it won't be on, the, uh, on YouTube or any place else. You can find it on a place where we believe in free speech. Blaze TV, 9 p.m. Eastern, deadly negligence, exposing the real origins and cover-up of the COVID-19 pandemic, 9 p.m. tonight, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save. Don't miss it. We will overcome. We will overcome. We will overcome. Oh, they are so good at that. Oh, these are the, these are the Democrats from... 
from the great state of Texas who were singing in front of the U.S. Capitol for some strange reason. And we are a state in crisis right now. Oh, crisis. A state without Democrats. Uh, Oh, no. Okay, listen. For all the other 49 states, here's all you have to do. (laughs) (laughs) We can get rid of your Democrats. It's not that hard. They'll take a private plane out of your state. It's great. It is. It really is. I think... People outside of the state, though, might need a little review of history mm-hmm. as to what led to this moment, mm. this terrible well, crisis. Uh, Jim Crow moment. laws. Jim Crow 2.0? Yeah, Jim Crow Well, 2. it starts 0. before that. First, uh, Republicans got elected mm. uh, through a democratic process as part of a uh, constitutional republic. Yeah. So those Democrats uh, didn't get elected. The Republicans got elected. The Democrats didn't like it so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then Republicans took office. And they decided to pass a bill on election reform to secure elections. Mm -hmm. Democrats didn't like that either. Mm. Now, it's important to note that the bill that they're upset about doesn't do any of the things that they say it does. That can't be true. It is. It is true. To review here just a little bit. 2018, we had elections here in Texas. Mm. A couple of years later, there was more elections. Those elections, however, occurred during a pandemic mm-hmm. and election rules all over the country you may have remembered changed a little bit because we weren't sure what phase of the pandemic we would be in what may not even be able to go out and vote may exactly. not be able to, right that was the, that was the reason we did all of these things remember go back to picture the worst days in the worst places of the pandemic mm-hmm. right go back to um april 2020 mm-hmm. new york city okay if that's the situation in your state, people aren't going to be going out to vote. Correct. And you might have an election with 12% turnout. All right, but get to the so Jim Crow part. Let's make sure that these these laws are open for people at the pandemic. It's a one-time thing. One time. We just need it this one time. Right. We're not going to have a pandemic in 2022. We just need it in 2020. Sure. Open up the laws, right. and then we'll go back to normal. Got it. The second the election ended, the media... And the left decided to act as if the plan the entire time were to, was to keep all of the pandemic voting rules the same. What a surprise. It's a stunning, shocking thing. At no point did anyone actually say this before the election. No one said it wasn't a one-time thing before the election. Only after the election did they say all of these rules must stay or it's Jim Crow 2.0. Now... Obviously, this is a ridiculous standard. For example, in Georgia, one of the controversial laws, they slimmed the early voting period from 45 days to 21 days. Now, the the excuse here, of course, by these evil politicians was to say that it the cost and the burden on local communities was incredibly high to keep if you're in a small town and you have to keep uh, early voting open for 45 days you might not have enough people coming who's coming 45 days early it's a big cost now obviously if republicans supported a bill like that that trimmed it from 45 to 21 days there would be outrage all across america the problem here is that this bill actually passed in 2011 and was supported by Stacey freaking Abrams. Stacey Abrams. <laughs> Stacey freaking Abrams. Hold on just a second. We have some breaking news. Another letter 
from the battlefront. James Talrico. He's written another letter from the battlefront. He says, we Texas Democrats are prepared to stay out of Texas for the rest of the session. This decision wasn't easy. Many of my colleagues left kids, elderly parents, sick loved ones. Many are risking their day jobs and their seats in the house. But we just will not sit by and watch our democracy wither on the vine. James Tallarico, proud Texan and a man of courage. So brave. Oh my gosh. So, so brave. brave. So, so brave. brave. So brave. Come back and vote on the bill, by the way, and then get out again. Yeah. Just in case any of these Democrats are looking for a plan. So. The truth is, of course, Glenn, Yeah. in reality, these bills all across the country have expanded voter access from 2018. No, that can't be. It I is. get all of my news from Coca-Cola, and yeah. that cannot be. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, high fructose corn syrup, not necessarily good for you, uh, and really? these voting laws, not necessarily bad uh. for you. So, if you, if you uh, look at 2018... To 2022, you're going to see a, a massive expansion all over the country in voting access, making it easier for you to vote. And the truth also is that some of these pandemic measures were really bad ideas. For example, 24-7 voting. For example, unattended voter boxes. For example, letting party operatives from either party collect votes en masse and deliver them themselves to uh, the jurisdiction and the precinct so they can be counted. I don't know, maybe putting a hardcore activist in, in possession of dozens of votes at a time, not a good idea. Well, wait a minute. I just heard the president said in Texas, for example, Republican-led state legislature wants to allow partisan poll watchers to intimidate voters and imperil impartial poll workers. Mm. Wow, that's got a, that's specific language. Mm. They want voters to drive further and to be able to be in a position where they wonder who's watching them or intimidating them and to wait longer to vote. They're going to have to drive a hell of a lot. Excuse me. They're going to have to drive a long way just to get to vote. Oh, well, I'm glad he caught his language there. Yeah, that was I was too. on the yeah. I was on the line there. So after the Democrats lie about these bills and they realize they're going to lose, they just left. First, they just left the uh, the building during the vote, and then they fled the state uh, because of that. Now, Abbott has threatened their arrest if they return. And, you know, that sounds extreme. It sounds like partisanship. But here's the thing, Glenn. These people are getting paid. They're getting paid with my money. With your money, with Sarah's money, with everybody here in the studio's money, they're getting paid to do nothing. If I dropped my dry cleaning off and they returned it in a crumpled mess with a ketchup stain still on it and charged me anyway, that would be a crime. And here we are with people getting paid to do nothing. That to me is a crime. And by the way, of course, that... Uh, that remedy is already in 
the process here. If you don't show up to do your job, you can be arrested in the state of Texas. It's not only that we're paying them. Hmm. It's we are paying everyone in the state legislature. Yeah. And they can't, can't do, do anything. anything. This is theft. Without a quorum. This is theft is what it is. So here we are looking at all of this in Texas. And it's just an isolated incident, Glenn. It's just they just happen to be upset about this. They're just standing up for their rights. They're just doing what they can. No, By wh- the wh- way, wh- it, this, this is a... T- Total coincidence. And do not in any way act as if this could have been coordinated in advance. But on the day where this wonderful flight went up to D.C. and they decided to meet with lawmakers because this just happened to be when they had to do it. On that same time, an organized, coordinated push for HR1 was Mm, going on, where the President of the United States is out there talking about this specific issue. What are the odds? Uh, Well, he did say this, and I'd I'd like to hear your excuse for this one. Mm -hmm. He said, quote, this year alone, 17 states have enacted, not just proposed, but enacted 28 new laws Mm. to make it harder for Americans to vote. Not to mention, and catch this, nearly 400 additional bills Republican members of the state legislature are trying to pass and by the way uh the same measure found that 28 bills also were passed to loosen restrictions on voting so make it easier for people to vote he didn't mention the same study that said the same amount of laws were passed the other way but of course we're also talking about a change from 2020 where we again were told there was a one-time exception, which is why we needed all these crazy new laws like mailing ballots to everyone, whether they request them or not. All of those things went on. I can't. So, I, excuse me. Uh, can I just talk about another? Oh, well, let me just mention here. Yes, there is another letter that has just twittered in from the battlefront and... I don't care what Stu says, but this one comes with a picture. Oh. It's a picture of a Coke Zero. Yeah, no sugar. No sugar. A Coke Zero. Mm. And a Caesar salad that looks actually kind of yummy, and I'm not a salad guy. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it's, good topic it's for a letter a from Gene Wu. Oh, wow. Gene for Texas. Mm. My first meal. As a fugitive. Oh my gosh. Yes! Yes! On the private plane, he had to eat a Caesar salad and a Coke Zero with no sugar! So brave! So brave! So very brave! Legislature, the Democrats from the great state of Texas. All right, so summer has arrived, and with it comes all of those amazing summer holidays. And with things finally starting to return to normal in this country, I'll bet you're looking to spend those holidays with friends and family, cooking up some good food in the backyard while the kids go running and screaming around the yard. Let me take your grilling game and knock it up one level. If you haven't already, I want you to go online and check out Rectech. It grills, it smokes, it even bakes, and it does it with smart grill technology, which means that it maintains perfect temperature the whole time. And that means you don't burn anything like I have time or two or every time until I got a Rectech. It's sleek, it's sturdy. The thing is built out of solid stainless steel. It's a tank. 
it'll be the last grill you buy. AB Compare, the Rectech, to the competition. You'll see what I'm talking about. R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. That's Rectech.com. R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. So here we have this Mr. Peter Sveiser. A host of Drill Down with Peter Sveiser. Uh, what is this Drill Down thing you do? I've never even heard your podcast yet, Peter. I just found this out. How long have you been doing that without telling your friends? <laughs> we just started it. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to have trouble doing this interview. I'm laughing too hard. Uh, what you do or, or doing on the radio is, uh, is something else. Wow. <laughs> it's great to be with you as always, Glenn. Thank you. Uh, um, the, um, I, I have two ways to go here, Peter. Yeah. We're friends. You know me. Yeah. You consider yeah. me an honest man? Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, I've been lying to you, Peter. <laughs> I said I wanted to get you on to talk about Hunter Biden's art, but it is all a ruse to get you to talk about the laptop that you have of his. But we'll go the honest way. Now that I've told you that's what my ruse is, <laughs> let's start talking about his uh, his art. Is there any mention of his art on his laptop? <laughs> no, no, there's not. Um, I would say there are there are certain uh, images that Hunter Biden might consider Oof. to be art. Yeah, uh, but um, no, we 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 have stayed away from all uh, uh, yeah. say, all photographs and images. There's no mention of art. There's no mention of art appreciation either. Yeah. Um, in, uh, on the laptop. So, I'll so just say that. Let, let me. We'll come back to to that nonsense and as much as you care to tell us, because uh, I know you're you're writing a book and it's an expose on this. Um, but uh, uh, let's do talk about the art. Is there any doubt in anyone's mind that this is a hey? You can meet my dad for five hundred grand. No, there's no doubt. Anybody that seriously looks at this, I mean, look, it, it, you got to give them credit, Glenn. There's a certain uh, a maniacal, evil genius quality to this art scam. Uh, you know, when we talked about the deals with the uh, energy company and the deals in China, everybody was saying, like, look, he has no background in China, he has no background in energy, because those are things you look for in the business world. Well, the art world, it's all subjective. It's all completely subjective. So for them to now migrate to the art world as a means by which people can pay half a million dollars for a piece of Hunter Biden art, um, that that's anything but a sophisticated scheme uh, for you know, foreign influence buying um, is ridiculous. I mean, I'll note just a couple of days ago, there was an article in Maine that a Picasso sold for $150,000. Correct. They're, they're <laughs> Picasso. They want you to, yeah, they want you to pay th- more than three times that uh, for a piece of artwork by the uh, son of the president of the United States, who has no formal training in art and has no. So okay, so so hang on just a second because I can't I can't diss somebody for not having any formal training of I have no formal sure. training. Well, actually, I kind of do now, uh, but no actual you know certificate in art or anything else. And uh, you know, sure. a gallery is carrying my art, and it does come with a hefty price. Um, however, I don't have a track record of doing deals uh, and trying to find ways to make money just because I'm the son of the president or the vice president. And that way you pay me for something that I'm really not doing and you get to go talk to my dad. 
Well, that's right. And, and also, Glenn, I mean, I know your story. I mean, you didn't start out in radio with a nationally syndicated program. And what, what Hunter Biden is basically saying is, I've never, I don't even know if he did art in high school, but what he's doing is he's going from having no background, no uh, history of doing art, to saying, I'm going to charge $500,000 for a piece <laughs> of art. And by the way, my business partner, the guy that owns this gallery, uh, has been trying for years to break into the Chinese art market uh, by opening up galleries. You know, we know who the buyers are going to be. Oh it's, 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 the same, it's the same thing, Glenn, uh, with, with Hunter's business career. He wasn't going to Tokyo and London and doing deals with recognized companies. He was going to Ukraine, to Moscow, to Beijing. It's going to be the same thing here. Nobody believes serious collectors in the art world are going to prize these properties and buy them. They're going to be marketed, uh, they've already talked about this, they're going to be marketed in places like China. Um, and they're not being sold, uh, you know, with sort of a made-up artistic name. Uh, they're being sold as Hunter Biden. Everybody knows who Hunter Biden is. So it's very clear what this is. And the White House response to this has been laughable, Glenn, because the only way you can deal with this is, if, if Hunter's really going to do this, is with a level of transparency. And, and you've got to give Bill and Hillary Clinton credit here. When, when Bill started doing all those speeches when Hillary was in the Senate and Secretary of State, they at least had the decency to say, we're going to disclose who's paying Bill and how much. Uh, the Biden White House is saying the opposite. We're actually going to keep it secret. Somehow that's going to make it less corrupt. <laughs> uh, it's just laughable. So, you know, when I was growing up, the big scandal, uh, you know, with with uh, people trying to cash in on the president was Billy, Billy Beer, Billy Carter. Right. right. Um, which is pretty small potatoes. Uh, and we've we've always seemed to care until the Clintons. Um, and now the, the evidence is so clear what's going on, at least on Hunter Biden. That you'd yeah. think that this would be really important um, it, it, in the laptop, if you care to say, um, or even out of the laptop. Is there any direct evidence that shows, I mean, solid evidence that shows that is exactly what's happening. This is a pay for play. Uh, and uh, Joe Biden is profiting off of this. Uh, yeah, the answer is yes. Um, and, you know, Glenn, we've known each other for a long time, worked on a lot of projects together. I'm, I'm always loath to, uh, you know, to draw conclusions that you can't draw based on the material. But, yes. uh, you know, th look, there's 30,000 Hunter Biden emails. We got access to them. We have the collection. Uh, we were very skeptical. We didn't want to accept them at face value. So what we did, Glenn, was we cross-referenced the Hunter Biden emails with every other data set that we know is found. For example, uh, the U.S. Senate released Hunter Biden's Secret Service travel records, so we know where the Secret Service traveled with him on what dates. We cross-reference the Hunter Biden emails. If an email says Hunter's going to be in Dubai next week, does that actually correspond with the Secret Service travel records? In every single case, absolutely 100%. So there's no way that, that it could, they could have been made up in that respect. We then cross-reference them to the Bevan Cooney emails. Bevan Cooney, a Hunter Biden business partner who went to jail, Bevan Cooney granted us access to his Gmail account, meaning we didn't get printed out emails, we didn't get copies, we actually go into his Gmail account. 
he and Hunter exchanged emails. So the question is, are the Hunter Biden laptop emails, do they correspond with the Bevan Cooney emails? Again, yes, 100%. Then you look at the wire transfers that the Senate committee released, you know, of, of the, the money coming from Russia and China. You reference, you look at the references in the Hunter Biden laptop to wire transfers of money. Do those correspond? Absolutely 100%. So the Biden laptop emails that we have gone through are verified all different ways. There's no, you know, challenging the veracity. Then the question becomes what's in them. And that's very challenging because there's 30,000. And just doing a word search really is not the way. So we've hand gone through almost all of them. We're about halfway through the investigation. And a couple of things stand out, Glenn. First of all, this is not just a Hunter Biden story. This is a Joe Biden story. Joe Biden financially directly benefited from Hunter Biden's deals while he was vice president. Um, that's not surmising. That's not implying. It's directly evidenced in the emails. And so it, it is it is it a I mean, because, Peter, that is quite a charge. Um, is it buttoned up 100? There's no way this could be taken apart uh, and, and, and looked at in a different way. Yeah, it's, I'll tell you how clear-cut it is, Glenn. Uh, Hunter Biden takes money from foreign entities. Hunter Biden consistently and regularly is paying his father's and his mother's bills while they're vice president of the United States. Um, that's how clear-cut it is. And by the way, that's not legal. It's not legal for an elected official. You can get gifts from family members, uh, but it's very specifically defined what a gift is. And paying their bills uh, does not count as giving them a gift. So it is. But how much money? I mean, you know, what is that? Uh, You know, they live modestly, I'm sure. Oh, no. I mean, it's it's uh, I, I'm not going to give you an exact amount now, but it's not a modest amount. Um, and the other thing uh, that is clear is that Hunter Biden, uh, it, it's a quid pro quo. Um, there are emails in which he actually is communicating with foreign nationals where he says, uh, I have given you all the access you asked for in the White House. I got oh you meetings gosh. at the vice president's residence. I got you meeting with White House officials. I got you meeting to, uh, at, at White House events. Um, and then he's angry because the promised deals have not materialized. So he's laying out explicitly that the access was a quid pro quo. Um, so these are just sort of the ground level. Um, I will tell you that uh, once... We are done with the investigation, and once we release it, um, uh, this is going to be a massive scandal that's going to raise all kinds of fundamental questions uh, about the nature uh, of the Obama, uh, sorry, of the Biden administration, uh, and how and why certain decisions are being made in the Biden White House. Currently. 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 Peter. Uh, you need some, uh, you need some extra security. Just let me know. Uh, you, you are, you're headed down a dark, dark rabbit hole. Um, do you have any idea when you'll be able to release any of this? 
Uh, it'll probably be in January. Um, and I will say, Glenn, I mean, and we've known each other for many years, have done a lot of things. This is, uh, I would say, by far uh, the most frightening uh, research uh, that we've done. That includes the Clintons. That includes the previous work on the Bidens, the insider trading in Congress. Uh, this is by far uh, the most frightening. Uh, what, do you, what, do you mean by, what do you mean by frightening? Uh, you're, you're talking about, uh, let's say, very sinister foreign entities. You know, th- this is not, when people think of corruption, I think a lot of times, Glenn, people think of, you know, okay, this congressman, you know, got a contract for this paving company, or mm-hmm. they, they helped out some Wall Street banker. And I'm not minimizing it. That's important stuff. But what we're dealing with here is is a Biden family business model that's laid out in the in the Biden emails and other uh, sources of information that I've just talked about. Uh, their business model was not to just go for uh, low hanging fruit in safe places uh, to collect money. Uh, they went directly um, to the darkest corners of the earth when it comes to corruption and adversaries of the United States, uh, and were prepared to do their bidding. That, that is the bottom line that comes out of these emails, and that is not surmising. That is explicit and detailed um, in, in the emails, and, and people will be able to read it for themselves uh, when we release them. I mean this sincerely, Peter. Stay safe. We will, Glenn, and I appreciate, as always, uh, your friendship and, and encouragement and support for what we do. You bet. Thanks a lot. Peter Swice. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the program to a good friend of the uh, program, Giancarlo Sopo, a conservative media strategist, former Trump campaign official and uh, somebody whose family escaped from Cuba. Welcome, Giancarlo. How are you? Hey, Glenn, it's so great to talk to you again. Uh, yeah, great to talk to you. I th- I've been thinking about you for the last few days as soon as I saw the protests in, uh, in Cuba. Can you tell us what's really going on from the ground? Do you have any contact with anybody in Cuba? Yeah, uh, we have, I have many sources on the ground there. Essentially, what's, what's going on is that people are just fed up. People are fed up with six decades of oppressive tyranny, uh, you know, there's been a lot of attention on COVID and whether this protest is or vaccines or whatever. That's all nonsense. Maybe COVID is the straw that broke the camel's back exactly. because it, it it showed that the Cuban regime's propaganda that it's some kind of healthcare paradise was entirely false. And Cubans are now very aware of that because they're seeing that while the rest of the world is moving past COVID cases in, on the island are skyrocketing people are dying in hospitals mm. with because there is there is no oxygen there is no treatment for covid on the island uh the cuban regime refused pfizer vaccines on a humanitarian basis um so, so we did the, offer oh yeah so everyone talks about the embargo the embargo has very wide loop, loopholes for food and for medicine this is entirely the Castro regime's doing because they have uh, choked off innovation on the island. It's a communist dictatorship. The government is by far the largest employer in the state, uh, in, 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 the, in the nation. Their entire economy is under the control of the Cuban military. When people go to hotels in Cuba, 
what they're actually doing is giving the money directly to the Cuban military apparatus. Because imagine that if you stayed here like at a Holiday Inn, you were giving money to the U.S. Army because the Army owned Holiday Inn. That's exactly what what the situation is like in Cuba. When you go to a Cuban hotel or any kind of state-run establishment for tourists, that feeds money directly into the coffers of the Cuban military. Uh, which is why I've always encouraged if Americans are going is to support the private sector, do not stay in anything that's like funded by the government. So people are just fed up. Uh, there had been what, like massive crackdowns on prominent artists on the island in, in recent months um, who, who began protesting the regime. And then like with greater Internet access, people have become more aware and just less afraid. There is no respect for Cuba's current dictator, the man who inherited the the crown, per se, from Raul Castro. Uh, nobody respects him. He's a charlatan. He's a fraud. And so the Cuban people are fed up and they're demanding their God-given rights. So tell me about, because a hundred people have been disappeared, uh, a Chinese uh, word, um, where they were protesting and now they're just gone. Um Tell me how dangerous it's becoming for people on the streets. It's very dangerous. We're seeing footages and I'm receiving a lot of people uh, on the island who are able to sneak out images because they're somehow able to use proxies and VPNs to go around the government censors of of the Internet. Yeah, because I Uh, I thought that they I thought they had shut the Internet down there. That's what they've maintained the, the Internet, what they've blocked off or any kind of social media sites. Okay. Uh, but Cubans are extremely resourceful um, and intelligent, and they're able to kind of like they're able to kind of get around them uh, with through proxies and VPNs if they're okay. able to access them. Yeah. So the government has now deployed uh, its black beret forces, going neighborhood by neighborhood, cleaning out homes, um, arresting dissidents, ma- mandatory enlistment of young men between the ages of eighteen and nineteen and twenty into the the military they've like there are there are images of the regime dragging people in that age group young men in that age group out of their homes and forcing them to attack their fellow cubans uh it the situation is getting really nasty and i'm also hearing reports i've been unable to independently verify this but i've now received a couple of reports from people on the ground in cuba saying that their neighborhoods are being patrolled by people with foreign accents. So these would be Venezuelan mm. troops on the island in Cuba. Uh, I was shocked to see Biden say, you know, anything about the fight for freedom in Cuba. Um, we have an opportunity now to help the people of, I mean, this regime could fall because of this and we're not doing anything. What should we be doing? Well, that's a very good question. I think one of the first things that we could do is to work to facilitate Internet access as much as possible to the Cubans, whether it's through satellite or whether it's through our military base in Guantanamo. Uh, There there are ways to do it. We should be very aggressively pursuing that if the technology allows for it. The second thing is that the U.S. State Department, the Department of Defense, could work with American VPN providers uh, and proxy servers to make their services more easily available to the Cuban people so they can circumvent the censors. And then the last thing that we should be looking at is that 
look, the Cuban people do not have weapons. One of the first things that Fidel Castro did when he came into power is that he confiscated all guns. Cubans are not allowed to own guns of any kind, not even for hunting. So if there's one thing that we should be doing is if we, we, we should be considering a humanitarian corridor uh, where we would and send the Castro regime a very clear message. If you fire upon your people, you, you will all options are on the table. We will enforce uh, we will work with our allies to bring peace to the Cuban people, but we cannot to- tolerate a massacre of the Cuban people. You're talking about the if there's one thing that Cuba does very well, it's intelligence and it's uh, internal military operations uh, and policing. So we should be defending the Cuban people or help, at least helping them defend themselves. How can we help? How can the average person help? The best thing that people could do right now is continue sharing images coming out of Cuba, uh, retweet them, keep the issue on the news. The regime always bets that these th- that uh, the, our attention is going to go away elsewhere and that people will not care for uh, dissidents, that Americans will not pay any attention to them arresting and beating people. Um, so I've been tweeting out a lot of images, and I, I know that you've been very supportive, Glenn, and so have, and so have other uh, people like Ben Shapiro, uh, who are really drawing a lot of attention to this issue. Keep retweeting that. Keep Cuba in the news and use the hashtag SOS Cuba. Okay. Giancarlo Sopo, um, we, uh, we pray for Cuba and we pray for sanity. It's, it's remarkable to me that these countries are seeing uprisings, China, Cuba, Venezuela. They're seeing these uprisings uh, and we are a society going in the exact opposite direction. We're running towards it. It's mind boggling. Yeah. Whereas the, I I always encourage everyone go to Miami, speak to Cuban Americans. Our, like our community can, can talk to anyone about the reality of living under socialism, totalitarian uh, rule. And I, I think, you know, Americans are always amazed um, when they go to Miami and they speak to Cuban expats just about how patriotic we feel about this country and how grateful we are. So thank you so much for your support, Glenn. And I really appreciate the listeners tuning in as well. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Na, 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 na.